All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to the inaugural installment here. Um, I sort of want to like hop in the bus, uh, like with Mrs. Frizzle, and kind of like take us on this little adventure here. Um, and so hopefully some of the photos, if you're watching this, um, will do a little bit of that. Um, so I want to tell a little bit of a story about this trip that I took uh, to Belfast um, in 2014. So this is the first uh, kind of episode here. There's going to be a second one that is going to be about my travels in Ireland and, uh, rather than Northern Ireland. And so that's next where I traveled the countryside a little bit, had some met some interesting folks, um, and then ended up in Dublin uh, at the end. So this I'm just going to focus on uh, Belfast. Um, and so I was out there at the uh, at Belltech, it was a Belfast Technology Conference, and I was invited with a number of other mayors, uh, the mayor from Halifax, Nova Scotia, a couple other mayors from the UK, and actually they're not mayors there, they are Lord Mayors. Um, and so, of course, my title in South Orange was Village President, um, and I, I think they might win with the Lord Mayor. Um, and uh, so that's sort of an interesting, you know, it's always interesting traveling to places, especially like in Ireland or Northern Ireland. You know, I love traveling in the U.S. and seeing, you know, historic buildings. I mean, the house that I'm in right now is from the early 1800s. Love traveling around and seeing things like that. Um, but, you know, when you go to somewhere like Ireland and, you know, the historic buildings are from like the 1400s and the 1200s, there's like castles that, uh, that are still there. Um, and so that's like, uh, that was pretty cool. And, and Belfast was no exception. Uh, there was some really cool architecture uh, that I got to see as I walked around the city. It was a little rainy um, when I was there, so I didn't get a ton of time outside. Um, but uh, I'll show you a couple pictures of, you know, some of the cool buildings. Um, and so, you know, at the Belltech uh, conference, it was interesting. There was different people from different parts of the world kind of talking about, you know, intersections of technology and governance. But some of the most fascinating parts of the trip was actually getting to meet and kind of talk to and socialize with um, some of the other guests that were there. And so one of the nights, you know, uh, a bunch of us were out and we were out at um, some different bars in Belfast. And um, it was really cool. I mean, people were singing. It was like a really... Uh, I don't know, it felt, you know, very, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm part Irish um, and feel felt a little bit of a connection there, you know, being in these kind of crowded bars, which, you know, recording this in 2021, uh, you know, in April, it's kind of hard to imagine that. Um, but, you know, crowded bars, people singing like traditional, like Irish songs, and it was really cool. And, you know, we were out at these bars and we were all kind of getting to know each other a little bit. Um, and, you know, ended up one of the nights, at, you know, until maybe, I don't know, three or four in the morning in a really big debate um, around um, issues about firearms in the United States um, and uh, related to gun violence um, and regulations of guns. And it was just like there was a few different people from a few different parts of the country and from other countries. It's like a really interesting conversation about a really important topic. Um, and... Um, so that was a pretty cool part uh, about it. And there were city council members who were sort of like assigned to each of us as guests. And on one of those occasions, uh, they took us to uh, the city hall in Belfast, which um, even though it looks, uh, you know, it was built, I think it was, com it was completed just after 1900. Um, you know, that almost makes it a modern building, you know, in UK and Europe standards. Um, but it was just absolutely gorgeous. The build, I mean, it was really incredible. Um, and they uh, had an event for all the guests one night. Uh, you can see in one of the pictures there, you know, we're around uh, a dinner table. It was like a state dinner or something. I've never 
been to, uh, never really been to anything that fancy. I'm not sure I had the, uh, you know, the etiquette training for it, but it was really wonderful. Um, there was a poet laureate uh, from Northern Ireland who read to us, and in fact, the Lord Mayor uh, also did his own uh, reading and singing, actually, um, which is something that I never did in South Orange with my constituents, but I think that's probably for the better for everybody. Um, but it was just really gracious and warm, um, and, uh, you know, and also just for me, you know, being, uh, you know, I was, what, 25 at the time, 26, I mean, just such a cool experience to kind of be out there um, and get to see uh, the, the city like that and kind of feel part of uh, the history that we were kind of surrounded by the entire time that we were there. So that was one of the really cool uh, parts of it um, as well. And a really nice thing, uh, because I got to, you know, I, I had uh, presented a proclamation from South Orange. Um, it was just kind of a nice, like, connection point uh, uh between you know our two our two towns, our village and their city. Um, you know, if you don't know that much about Belfast, they were uh, they've had a, a really challenging history throughout the 1900s, um, and they have been kind of you know it's been a major city. Um, it's one of the larger cities in the UK currently, and it's been a really major kind of industrial hub in the past, but. The violence between the Protestant and Catholic communities, um, it was just uh, overwhelmed the city. Um, and in, in a period of time, um, that's referred to as the Troubles, which is sort of the mid to late 1900s. Um, Belfast actually became um, one of the most dangerous cities in the world. It had one of the highest per capita murder rates, um, something like 30 or 35 people per 100,000. Um, really, really high. Um, and in fact, actually, the hotel that I stayed at when I was there um, was uh, right at the site of bombing that had happened uh, many years prior. Um, and so what the city council was doing, and I think what was part of the goal of the conference, was to bring people out to Belfast to show them some of the kind of revitalization work um, that had been done, especially sort of in the center of the city. Um, and, uh, and, you know, bring people out, talk about the city, show it off a little bit. And, you know, change the dialogue about uh, Belfast, you know, in, in other places. And I think they did a good job of that because they really showed us uh, some pretty interesting um, things that were going on around the city. Now, one of the things, and I'll get to some of those in a moment. And one of the things that I first noticed when I was there, and I'll show a picture of this, is I saw a bunch of police cars drive by. But they weren't like police cars. They were like riot trucks. But there was nothing happening. Um, and it turned out that those were fairly standard, at least from what I was told, you know, ask some people about this. Those were fairly standard. Um, and what was more, even more interesting about it was the, uh, URL on the side of the truck linked to a, um, I think it's .gov.uk, um, to a, you know, a national government website. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So uh, these are national police that are in the cities. Like, how does this work? And what I learned from asking some people about that was the governance of all of the emergency services um, was not done at the at the at the um, city level. It was done at the national level. Um, and at least the people that I spoke to, you know, part of their reflection on that was that because of the historic violence um, and the like, extremely divergent ideological and cultural communities um, in the UK, in Northern Ireland, in Belfast. Um, that 
the governance of services like that, um, it was better to be done, um, at least this was the argument historically, better to be done at the national level um, rather than at the local level where you might end up having, you know, different kind of sects or factions competing with each other. Um, and so that was just one of the things that, you know, I sort of noticed when traveling. It's like, okay, well, what's the story here? Um, and so it was interesting to learn a little bit about that. And some of the neighborhoods they took us to um, were neighborhoods where there really had been like incredible violence. I mean, every house surrounded by walls with wa razor wire and crushed glass over it and murals depicting uh, violence, but righteous violence. Um, and it was really intense and kind of emotional to, to see all of that. Um, but one of the places that they took us to um, was this sort of redevelopment project. Um, and it was called uh, Scanos, and I'll, I'll put that name up there. I may not be pronouncing that 100% right. Um, this was a while ago. I'll put the name up there on the screen, um, and I'll show you some pictures of it. And this was kind of an interesting uh, project. It was in an area that was sort of um, near Protestant and Catholic um, regions historically, and what they wanted to do was kind of create a space that was welcoming for everybody. Um, and the project itself was really interesting because it contained market rate uh, rental house, like housing at regular market rate. It contained affordable housing, subsidized housing. It contained a homeless shelter, and it contained senior restricted housing, all in the same building. Um, and one of the things that happens a lot in the U.S. is that those things get split up, um, and that a lot of people, New Jersey has a really bad history of this with things uh, that a short-lived program called RCAs. Um, and it was basically programs that segregate development further. And I thought it was pretty cool that what they were doing was kind of intentionally putting everything in the same place with like the same entrance and lobby and stuff for all of those uses that are all uses that are potentially a really important part of supporting any given community in any area. Um, so that was pretty cool to see that. And a lot of the people, some of the people who lived in the building worked in the, there was like a cafe uh, on the bottom floor um, and that some of the food in the cafe was grown on a giant uh, green wall, which I have a picture of too. Uh, and somebody, I forget exactly what it was, but it was one of the, maybe the largest in the city or in Northern Ireland at the time. It's pretty big. Uh, and some of the food got sourced from that and some of the people like in the homeless shelter worked in the caf cafe there. And so it was this like kind of integrated little community and they had a lot of events there and the events were in sort of this courtyard that they built and they were really concerned when they were building this courtyard because they didn't want any one group of people to feel, you know, a claim over the space and for other people to feel excluded. So they actually imported this type of stone that is not found on, on the UK, like it was from another part of Europe. Um, and tried to make this something new, something that didn't integrate into existing infrastructure um, for the specific purpose of making it a new place. And, you know, in warmer months, they would have vendors set up out in the courtyard and they would have concerts and things like that. And they had, um, you know, a couple incidents that had happened where police had to be called to break things up, but they were very, very... Um, they felt like they had made remarkable progress there. Um, nobody had been seriously injured or killed. 
um, in any of the incidents that happened. Uh, the, the, the frequency of them were going down. And they felt like the people that were operating the space felt like people were starting to sort of reclaim this a little bit and felt really good about that. Um, so that was pretty cool to see. It was just kind of a, a really interesting project, meeting all the people who ran the center and worked there. It just seemed like everybody was kind of really committed to this purpose. Um, and I think that's something that we forget a lot about in redevelopment um, in the United States. We're kind of throwing up these cookie cutter buildings as fast as possible, just so that the developers can make money and the towns can make money. Um, you know, by bringing a new rateable in. And we don't really think about how these buildings do or don't integrate into our communities. Uh, you know, some communities do it from an aesthetic standpoint. You know, we want it to look like other things in the community. But it's hard to go farther than that. Um, but that's really important to do. We did a little bit of this in South Orange um, where we wanted some of the redevelopment projects not only to include on-site affordable housing, um, but to be built to higher environmental standards, um, and to contain sort of unique spaces. So, you know, one of the projects that we did in South Orange, um, this was sort of a bias that, that I brought to the table owning my own business was that it's actually kind of difficult for a lot of people who own their own businesses or are starting businesses um, when they're living in apartments because they can't find office space, especially if they have to sometimes meet with clients. It's hard if you have a one bedroom apartment to bring clients into that small space. So some of the apartments that we built in South Orange um, and you can see this if you go down 3rd Street on the 3rd and Valley project. They're set back a little bit uh, from the sidewalk because we wanted it to not be just a wall of building there and try to hope to you know, pull the downtown a little bit in that direction and make it feel not as kind of dominating having something that's really large. But that a bunch of the units there um, have are, are sort of live-work units and actually have two entrances to the units. They have an entrance through the normal entrance to the inside of the building, and they also have an entrance to the out from the outside that goes into uh, an office that then connects to the rest of the apartment. So people like that if you're an artist or an accountant, you know, creative type, professional type, um, or you sell, you know, certain things. You can have people kind of come to your home, but your home is still kind of, you know, behind all of that. And you have this kind of transition space, which is really cool. And it was one way that we thought would be valuable to kind of help support people um, in the community who have companies like that. Um, and um, so there was just a small thing that we did. Um, I'm sure we could have done more. I'm sure there are more creative things out there. But this was one that was always important to me um, because I think that uh, finding ways to support small businesses and entrepreneurs is something that's really important. Um, and it's, it's really hard to be one of those people. Uh, and so we, we toyed with the idea of doing that uh, with uh, restricted for veterans that were starting their own businesses as well. I'm not sure that if South Orange is still working on that uh, at this point. Uh, my understanding is they're actually creating something similar. It's not going to be restricted just to veterans, but a really cool retail space that is going to allow lots of small pop-up businesses who don't have to sign long-term leases, don't have to buy a whole space themselves, but can kind of rent a space for a couple months, see how things go before they, you know, commit to a space long-term. Again, another way to sort of integrate with the needs of the community. They did a really good job of this at this project in Northern Ireland, and it got me thinking um, about some of these things when I came back to South Orange, which was really cool. They also took us to a bunch of other places where the Titanic that was built was really interesting. Um, they toured us on a couple different neighborhoods around Belfast. Um, there were a couple other events. Um, and there was a boxing match that they took us to 
in an arena that had been built. And it was interesting meeting the people who ran that and worked there because I didn't realize this, uh, but it was just a, uh, a really interesting, they were using it as a way to sort of bridge the Protestant Catholic cultural divide in the city because the fighters, um, and I know what some of you might be thinking, and I had the same thought, was like, okay, well, wait a second. How is uh, uh, professional fighting or boxing, uh, you know, how is that going to help reduce uh, a, a city that has a history of violence? You know, that was my first thought. And, you know, and I asked the people who, who ran the place that question, and they were really uh, kind of engaged on the larger social and cultural levels um, which maybe this is my own bias, but I wasn't really expecting that. And they talked a lot about how they had set things up um, there to sort of facilitate that. Um, they were keeping really watchful eyes on the crowd uh, and had all these different ways to sort of like get people like doing fun things together who were there. But the main thing they said was that the, uh, the fighter in the ring was Irish. And that's it. Um, and it was, there was no further divide at that point. And so, you know, uh, it was I Ireland versus Mexico, Ireland versus Portugal, Ireland versus, uh, you know, France. Um, and it was every, it was a way for everybody to come together around one, um, you know, one, uh, person. And, and, and they were trying to do that, uh, trying to help facilitate some of that unity, which was pretty cool to see. Uh, again, I didn't really expect that to be as interesting as it was. But I think that's another interesting lesson, uh, just the different ways that governments can facilitate unity, uh, you know, not through some sort of onerous regulation or taxes or, you know, things like that, but through entertainment, through urban planning, through community development. Um, there's a lot that can be done there. And those are certainly things I think that we could use a little bit of help with here. And so it's worth kind of thinking about and looking at what other people are doing in other parts of the world to try and bridge uh, really deep uh, and problematic cultural divides. Um, and so that is uh, a little bit about my time in Belfast. Uh, after Belfast and got to hang out with people for a couple days and um, talk about all sorts of other interesting things. After that, I took a bus down to Dublin and rented a car um, and got a map. Uh, and uh, drove across the country. Um, and I'll share a little bit more about that in the next video. So I hope that this was interesting. Please, I'm just starting these here, so please let me know what you think. Was this interesting? Should I have covered other things? Um, and uh, most of these are gonna be similar, reflections on these experiences, how they tie into governance and thinking about other issues. Uh, and uh, they're all gonna be about this length. I'm gonna be posting a handful of these for places that I already went and then uh, have a, a, a kind of cool announcement in a couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. And again, uh, thanks for watching these and uh, let me know what you think in the comments.